0: You are listening to the Rooted Ministry Podcast, a conversation advancing gospel-centered ministry to youth. For more information about Rooted, visit our website at www.rootedministry.com. Welcome to the Rooted Podcast. I'm Anna Harris, and I am here with Dr. Gordon Balls. He's the founder of Daymark Pastoral Counseling in Birmingham, Alabama, and he specializes in grief. Trauma and religious or spiritual issues, among a number of other things, and he's a wonderful counselor and also an adjunct professor at Beeson Divinity School. So, welcome, Dr. Balls. Yes. Good to be with you this morning. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about grief this morning, and um, really, why why do we need to discuss grief grieving issues with teenagers? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, unfortunately, we have to talk grieving with everybody um, because it's just a normal and natural part of living in a fallen world that I think we often try to escape. And yet it can really bring us to the Lord, um, I think, more powerfully and more practically than almost anything. It says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. The vulnerability of grief really invites the Lord close to us. Um, and I think we tend to think about life upside down. Teenagers will be like, this is the most here. This is the most wonderful time of your life. And actually they're going through a lot of things that, um, they don't know what to do with. And so giving them <laughs> some space to grieve, to groan, to lament, I would kind of put those things together just to put words to the reality of living in a fallen world. Often thinks that's a window into their heart and really a window into the gospel, Um uh, of grace and mercy and kindness. So I, I think it's important for anyone. I think it's especially important for adolescents because of the vulnerability of that time. But it's also because we're trying to help shape them to walk with the Lord the rest of their life. And I just think in a fallen world, if you're not learning how to grieve, I just think you're going to keep the gospel more distant from your heart than you want. Um, so... There are a couple of the reasons.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. It, well, and it is um, they do face serious losses. Mm-hmm. Obviously, children do younger, but they're in a in a place in their lives when they're able to ask harder questions about about why. Yeah. Um, and so, so share with me if you would um, how. How do we bring the gospel to a grieving teenager? What can what yeah. kind of a pa- parent or a youth pastor do?
1: Yeah. And let me, let me give one background, then we'll move towards answering that question about how do we bring the gospel to them? Because I, I, when, I, when, when I think about grieving, groaning, or lamenting, I want to think about the consequences of a fallen world. And it is loss, and it can be loss of a loved one. It can be a loss of, a, of your best friend moving away. I mean, there's many losses we experience, But we also encounter suffering and sin or the other consequences Mm -hmm. of the fall. So I don't know, just someone who's 5'5 and thought he was going to get a scholarship to college for basketball is experiencing real loss sophomore year when he doesn't make the JV team or suffering. Um, And then we also wrestle with sinful things that oftentimes we all have a difficulty in overcoming we need to be able to groan and grieve and lament those things as well. So it's, it's more than just loss, although it really includes loss. It includes uh, sin that we weren't made for and mm-hmm. suffering that we weren't made for. Mm-hmm. And so I think how we bring the gospel to someone in that place, I think what we want to believe, first of all, is if they're in that kind of vulnerability, the Lord is actually pursuing them. And we don't need to bring as much as we need to be. This is be still and know that I'm God. Uh, one of the things I'll talk about in the talk later today is, is Job's friends. And they were good friends for a week because they just listened and sat. They didn't say a word when they saw Job's grief. But when Job began to share all the disorientation in his heart, they went from good friends to bad friends mm-hmm. because they began to make it a horizontal issue. So one of the most important things when someone's in difficulty is to, is to be quiet and that's often the hardest thing to do. And people will tell me when like I'm often counseling someone who's loving someone who's lost somebody right? and um, they'll be like, I don't know what to do. And I'll, I won't say this directly, but I'll, I'll be thinking it's not a knowledge problem. It's not a knowledge problem. It's more a fear problem. It's more what I would say a self-righteousness problem or a self-reliance problem. You're now face to face with not being able to have answers and you're face to face with not being able to do more than just care. And it feels like you can't do anything or you don't know what to do because you're so used to being busy or doing more than you should. And so the first thing is to simply be able to be quiet. But I would say this is a defiant quietness is mm-hmm. you're listening with someone. I, w- I would say fight the tendency to feel like you should do more and believe that being with them is a lot. But begin to actively pray. Mm -hmm. and begin to actively welcome, because often what will happen is, as you're sitting with someone, you'll begin to feel what evil is beating them up with, and someone who's in sin, suffering, or death, someone who's experiencing the consequences of the fall, is vulnerable, and evil attacks the vulnerable, and they're getting attacked with lies to shut them down, and as you sit alongside them, those lies are going to be begin to come on you. And oftentimes what we do is we say things to try to make the person feel better because we don't want to deal with what we're feeling as we sit with someone. Right. So as we begin to welcome that and just believe that we're taking some of their burden and and you're just beginning to pray in your quietness, like, Lord, begin to reduce their pain, begin to reduce their fear. fear. Help me to take some of that on. And actually believing that sitting with them and being quiet is a way to really love them. And that means the listener or the hearer should walk away feeling a little bit worse. Mm. So the sufferer actually feels a little bit better because their burden has been carried. And there are things to say, you know, but I think the first thing is really to just be quiet and to listen and to believe that that's something meaningful and to be prayerful about that part of the process. Um.
0: That is, um, that has been my experience. In Mm. fact, that, uh, people who, um, keep showing up mm-hmm. and they're just there are the most helpful of all. Um, I think we, when we scramble for saying the right thing yeah. and, and believe that we've got to give the words that heal or fix, mm-hmm. these things aren't fixable yeah. And, yeah. and we aren't the healer. Jesus is the healer. Yeah.
1: Be, be still and know that I'm God. Oftentimes when we're being quiet with someone, that's when God's working mm-hmm. when we're noisy He's not working in the same way. And even 2 Corinthians 1, we help those who are in suffering by sharing the same comfort God has given to us in our suffering. And often when we're sitting with someone in difficulty, what's being exposed in us is our self-reliance. We've not suffered well. Our self-righteousness, we've not Mm -hmm. suffered well. And the noise in our own heart is what we speak out of instead of, Having rest, that God has held us in our own difficulty, we can wait with the person next to us.
0: So, when you say suffering well, talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about that. Does that include things like lament? Yeah. And how, yeah. how does that, yeah. how do we suffer well?
1: I will say this I would think the category of suffering well is a lot different than what most people think. Mm-hmm, okay. Probably. Job, who said things to God you and I would never dream about saying, okay, and everyone will point to the first thing Job says when he doesn't complain, to hold up moralism, that you shouldn't complain when you're in difficulty, okay? But for the next 28 chapters after that, Job says things to God you and I would never dream of saying. Shocking, yes. And yet at the end of Job, God says Job did not sin in what he said, because it was the direction of Job's laments. He was saying, I'm confused about life, I don't, I can't make sense of who God is right now, and I have to hear from him. I have to see him. He's got to reacquaint me with his largeness or his sovereignty. And Job keeps the direction of his prayers, laments, words are toward God, where his friends keep telling him to look horizontally. Job, do this, do that. You should have done this. Your children didn't do this. And they make it all horizontal. And Job was really taking all his disorientation and trying to throw it at the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. That's lamenting. And so oftentimes, I mean, it could be uh, the the guy, the sophomore doesn't make the basketball team and says something like, I just can't believe it. Like, I've really felt led by God. I just don't know who he is. To simply say something like, that's a really good question. Like, as I think about it, and, and I saw your passion, I'm wondering who God is right now. Just to be with them in that moment and to help them voice those laments is really part of helping someone suffer well. I mean, there's a lot of different directions we could go, But I would simply say this, suffering well, in my mind, is is letting Jesus hold on to you as you go through disorientation and disbelief and fear or whatever through a difficulty. But you're still trying to bring it to the Lord and voice it to him. But the process of suffering well often looks messier and crazier than we want it to. And we need people who in those moments are with us and believing for us and waiting with us. Mm. for the Lord to reassert himself like he did with Job.
0: People who can sit with us in the mess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And really wait. Like I I was converted my freshman year in college. I felt a call to ministry my sophomore year. That was 1983. I didn't start ministry for 10 years. And the whole time I was not in ministry the largest part of the time I was in the Merch Marine, where every day felt like a final exam I hadn't studied for. And I was lamenting and complaining and like, God, I don't know what you're doing and I don't know who you are. And the answer came much later than I thought. And I needed people who had the wisdom to just wait for me, wait with me for what God was going to do. Oftentimes like we read a book like Job and we can read it in one sitting and God showing up after a period of time But that didn't happen in 45 minutes. And we need people who really will wait and believe for us that the Lord is going to show up and uh, kind of answer our cries.
0: That's hard to do. This is is a hard work. Um, I have a more general question, too, that I wanted to ask you. Um, I have seen teenagers take some of the events in our culture. For example, the Las Vegas shooting and I think those things can hit teenagers really hard because they could see themselves being at a country music concert and yet they're conflicted they feel grief and fear about what happened and yet they're conflicted because they didn't actually necessarily know someone who was there um how how does that fit into what you're talking
1: about well obviously something like that there's a whole lot of different directions we could go Mm -hmm. the simplest thing I would say is Most likely because they're not being honest about the grief that is present in their life. When something that large and something that really brings fear to them kind of intersects into their world, they're beginning to voice some of the laments or griefs or fears they have that they're not voicing day to day. That's oftentimes why so much drama, and not that those those events are horrific and there should be grief, But oftentimes we all feel a lot of personal drama around those type of things because we feel comfortable now voicing things that are inside us. But oftentimes it's not helpful because we're voicing something that we're disconnected from. It gives us the freedom to talk about it because it's not as personal. But really what we need to be doing more is recognizing the personal or kind of immediate within our own group, like grieving with a friend, lamenting with a friend or yourself. The more we would do it presently in our Lives today, I think the less we would be pulled into the drama, the, the the unnecessary drama of a larger event.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So so you can have a child that perhaps becomes um, unnecessarily or over um, um, affected by something that is separate from his or her life, when really what they're lamenting is feeling distant from their parents or a broken relationship yeah. with a brother or sister yeah. or not getting something they worked hard for.
1: Yeah. It's it's no different than we as adults watching a movie or reading a novel that has themes that are touching things in our life, and we start grieving. We're not like... <laughs> We're not getting into that story because of these people we don't know. That story is pulling stuff out of us in our life. And and we feel a little bit more freedom to feel it about something that's not as personal. It's just harder to to Mm. grieve the things that are in our life.
0: Wow. That is, um, yes, that is a profound observation. Mm. Um, I want to thank you for this. I think this is something that we could um, probably talk about for hours, Mm. but we have time constraints. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Balls, and I appreciate your time.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rooted Podcast, where we hope to communicate the truths of the gospel and apply those truths to youth ministry. We would love for you to check out our website, where we post articles daily geared towards both youth ministers and parents. You will also find more information about our conferences, regional events, and more at www.rootedministry.com.